Hi. How are you finding lockdown anyway, lads? Like, what's happening? Um, I uh, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend there. Um, we went a wee walk, and she turned around and said, "It's been quite easy, isn't it?" And, and she was providing context in in comparison to what she thought it would be and how bad it is for some people. And I said, uh, I, I genuinely, I, I said, no, it's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's because I'm getting to the point where um, like I'm, I'm back at work now and I've got a structure, but I hate working from home. And I'm ready to lock something into the diary to look forward to. It's nice, you know, I'm, I'm in a very privileged position. I've got a back garden, I've got plenty of entertainment. Um, I've now got a bit of structure in my life, but... It's uh, it's very difficult when you've not got something to look forward to or a goal to uh, you know run towards. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm trying numb myself to the fact that I've got these feelings every single day, but I'm I'm ready for fucking getting out of here because I was such depressing moments right at the start, and I muddled my way through, and now I just kind of want to go out and fucking like see water. I said that to someone the other day. So like, what's the first thing you want to do when you? Get a lockdown. I mean, I want to go and see fucking like what woman or something. Just get myself involved in nature. And I wanted the other day to go to the pub for the first time in six weeks. I just sat down and chat shit with my mates. And I've seen you tweet that. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's it's something that I'm not really bothered. It's not something that I crave every week, you know, going to the pub. But it's something that I really wanted the other day. And Shane, Shane popped by socially distanced yesterday. Oh, I know. Uh, I'll do a Shane, fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> I'll support Rangers. I'll do what Morris does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't to be fair. I just want to make that clear. I don't. But um, it was weird, man. I don't know if uh, a lot of people probably experience this. I was looking at him and I was looking at his face and I was going, fucking, like, I've not seen this guy's face in six weeks and it looks so weird. And it was something I'm used to seeing every single day. It's like, remember when you came back from holiday when you were younger? And you were like, you go back to your house and you're like, this looks weird. It's strange <laughs> walking in your house. That's what I felt when I looked at him. I was like, does he actually look like that? You know, I built up this different memory. Um, so I, <laughs> it was just fucking a strange moment. I was like, I got sexier in your mind over the time. Like, were you like, oh, that's Shane? Or, you look, you, you, look, like, you looked a wee bit older, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see your niece or your nephew after a, like fucking three months and you're like, ah, they've grown. Like, oh, look, what Shane's grown. Yeah. Hasn't matured, but he's grown. That's kind of where I'm at. Just try to numb myself to the fact that there's, uh, there's a lot that I wanted to do this year and there's a lot that I'm still craving. But aware of the situation, man, like, I'm in a privileged position. Uh, in comparison to others, and uh, like, I know it's the right thing, like especially with what's coming out today. I know we're in the right fucking scheme of things, you know, we're in the right position, but we're trying to achieve in Scotland, so always need to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. But do you think about like the whole, like, I mean, I know we're making a joke about fucking I support Rangers and stuff, but there definitely seems to be another sort of fucking split between Scotland and England, like people claiming that Nicola Sturgeon's just stormed the fucking shit to have a sort of political pop at Boris Johnson, but also it's getting re- reduced into fucking Celtic v Rangers, Celtic fan. Of course you'll want to be in lockdown, you're a Celtic fan. It's like this sort of weird, like, I don't know, like splinter that just seems to keep happening, like sort of issue after issue. You think maybe this will bring us together, like not. Nah, 
No, this one's not going to bring us together either. This is another fucking issue for us to fight about. It's uh, it's like the most fascinating thing about polarising everything in Scotland, and particularly like to tie it to football, is the fact that we now have people who think that Neil Doncaster's quite good at his job. <laughs> just, <laughs> just because it's Rangers that are going at it, uh, he is still shy at his job. Like just because it's Rangers doesn't mean that he's not bad at his job. But yeah. that's like what is coming down to everything's getting split and. James kind of touched upon the today's to put today into context. Boris's big announcement is what fucking three or four hours away, and that yeah. that was it. Stay aware. The the message has come out, and I haven't watched the news. Aye. I haven't I haven't watched live TV probably since about mid March because stuff like this just infuriate. Like I can't I can't begin to describe how angry stuff like this makes me when I mm-hmm. when I see it and I read it. And uh, and it just makes me dead pensive. Like I I am the 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 some people that Chloe referenced to James earlier. Like that's fucked me. Like it's 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 going for bad to worse for me. But it's, mm-hmm. I I can cope with it. It's fine. But the problem is is with these fucking cunts, man. These utter fucking cunts <laughs> that fucking lead us out of it. There's you're struggling to find the hope or the positives as to where this light at the end of the tunnel is going to be because mm-hmm. it's just fucking wankers, man. Let's see, ah. see that comedian, is it Michael Spicer that does the the stuff where it's the view from the other room and he pretends that he's talking to the politician? Yeah, and yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, dead, they're dead funny. So there was one yesterday put out and it was that Matt Hancock speaking and I couldn't enjoy the comedy of it because it was the first time I'd seen this guy try to speak in the... <laughs> context the coronavirus and he was talking about that app getting launched and I was like this isn't funny like I get what Michael Spicer's doing is really funny it's, but what how can I find this funny when this guy is in charge of health in the midst of a pandemic it's fucking that, embarrassing man uh, it's, it's uh, they don't inspire well, any they don't inspire any confidence at all I was, I was watching some of the, the reaction to that message and change the day um, and I I seen that Downing Street had to release like an eleven point explanation of a seven word slogan. And you're like, see if you need to get into the minutiae of those seven words to the point where you release a statement, like you got it wrong. And then they released the other one, it was like all the same advice. And you're like, So why change the message if the advice is the same? If the advice is still stay at home and all the rest of it, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, um so I seen somebody actually put together a a generator an actual like slogan generator with a yellow background and the green sort of zigzags and shit. And you could press it at random. And the stuff made as much sense as what the government put out the other day. I mean, it, it might as well have just said like fucking sunshine, moonlight and boogie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just nonsensical <laughs> words. You know what I mean? Like, I no wonder people are confused. Yeah, but it's, you get the impression that it's fucking deliberate, man. Like they know fine well what they're doing because we can't blame foreigners and poor people for this so what we'll do is we'll fucking confuse everyone so that mm-hmm. we can then blame the people that are going out and fucking going to cunts gardens and having street parties <clears> in conga <throat> and their wee fucking shitey suburban fucking streets we'll blame them instead of the politicians because we'll start up this anger and fucking animosity against them and they fucking know fine well what they're doing these street parties were wild and it- 
in a more positive note, <laughs> grumpy sounding guns. Okay, have you ever listened to my podcast, mate? Like, <laughs> 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 fuck off with your happiness, mate. <laughs> I mean, Mark, I'll just you. No, fuck I like... with, with no political agenda, you know, coming to the country not knowing who's left or right or what even those things mean. Uh, I think I feel for Nicola. <laughs> I'll call her Nicola. We're your homies now. Uh, but I that's think what, she that's genuinely, like, you listen, yeah, Big Nick, uh, I think you feel when she does, when she says something, there's a, like a, an element of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm having to do this. But she's almost having to do, like she's the mum that's having to enforce the rules. Whereas Boris is like, hey, we'll make, you know, we'll pump up the economy again and we'll uh, change the rules and new slogans. Whereas like Nicholas Sturgeon's like, people are still hard out dying. Let's not be dicks about it. And he's like, no, we're crazy. We're wacky. But like, He's been absolutely slated worldwide on Bojo. And oh my like, God. I'm not a, a huge, I don't know who's fans of who or who isn't fans of anyone, but I, I think Nicola Sturgeon, although she isn't really doing anything cheery or upbeat, I think she's doing the right thing. And I think she's in a tricky position because she does have, you know, if, if you were like, okay, if whatever, if it was independent or it was like for this moment in time, all the rules are set by your first minister. I think we'd be doing a lot better than you know England, Wales, and stuff. But it's tricky because you you know what's right to do, you know the best thing, or you you know you have an opinion of what the best thing to do is. But there's other rules you have to stick by. There's you know governing bodies and shit like that. So yep. I, I think, in the scheme of the world, she seems to be doing like the right thing, and she seems to you know everything she does seems sincere, like she is trying to do the right thing. Whereas yeah. All the like too. obstacles she's up against, the kind of like political, and there's like mad agendas behind them, and you're not hearing the right information, or you're not getting yeah. information that makes sense. Like the diff- big difference between, say, like New Zealand, who are now kind of in the last two weeks, I think they've had about four or five days of no deaths or no new cases. Yeah. Um, and they, they, everything they do is like every day. They explain how many deaths, how many people, how many new cases, where they are, um, new tips and stuff like that. And like they know on so Monday they're going to level two, which means professional sport without crowds can happen again. And basically you can still hang out with people, but no more than 10 people at a time. And like there's, you know, funerals, weddings can have 100, but you have to apply. And, you know, there's special cases that you can do those things. But they've known that's coming for about, two or three weeks and they've gone yeah. look if, if everything goes as we hope and it, 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 the way we're going at the moment level two will be this date we'll chat we'll let you know if anything's changing um so i think i don't know see it, it's always going to be easier with new zealand because it's a fucking island in the middle of nowhere with five million people and it's huge but it, that's the frustrating part is like all my fucking friends and family back home are kind of out of it now, right? And they're like, oh, we get to hang out with people. And mum was swimming with dolphins the other day and all my mates are surfing and shit. And you're like, God knows when we'll be sorted back. Am I, am I right in thinking that I, and Matt, you'll probably, you'll probably notice if you're consuming more information. Are the Tories polling at 51% just now? Um, I think I've seen a survey last week saying they'd picked up four points, but I don't know what the actual overall figure was, but either gaining popularity throughout this uh, in the polls, but then the polls are obviously skewed by a number of things. You know what I mean? Like, but in a time of national crisis that we've talked in other weeks, like, it's not unusual for the government to get a bump because people want to 
you know, wish the government well in resolving these types of issues. Like, I was quite intrigued to like hear Fishian on this because in the build up to this, one of the things I'd said to Paul was like, the press run New Zealand's response has been quite overwhelmingly positive. Like the actions, as you talked about Nicola Sturgeon, uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, she didn't get a lot of praise. Um, so I, I was quite cool to hear that you have acted quickly, like seen benefits and are now starting to move on in like a way that is planned and structured and it just seems completely alien to what's going on here. <laughs> the thing is as well, Shane's saying that New Zealand's an island in the middle of nowhere with five million people. <laughs> We're fucking island in the middle of nowhere. Alright, we've got more than five million people. But we have the same kind of access and it's 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 staggering. It's fucking mind blowing how much they've made a cunt of this. Like they've made a cunt of it so much that even Wales are speaking up. Even Wales are turning <laughs> around to England got and going, right? mm-hmm. like, well, well, hold on, England, like, okay, we're usually with you on everything, but well, yeah, maybe Northern not Ireland, did, Northern Ireland, the day came out say, and said that they were going to go against, yeah. so it's, it's England that are actually staying, stepping away from this four-nation policy, and I think if you're Boris Johnson and the guys at the DUP are saying, even when you've gave us £2 billion, we refuse to back you on this one. I mean, some of these cunts don't even fucking believe in dinosaurs and they're going, look at the science guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There was a good analogy where somebody's one when you were talking about Nicholas Sturgeon and Boris Johnson, there was like a nice analogy that it's like they're divorced parents and the kids staying with the mum and the mum's Nicholas Sturgeon and she's got the discipline. She's the one saying, look, you fucking need to go to school, you need to do your homework, you need to eat your vegetables. And then they go to see the dad at the weekend and the dad's Boris Johnson. And he's going, mate, I'll fucking buy you your carrier. Like, I'm going to teach you how to roll a joint. Like, I'll fucking bin that, bin that fucking homework. So because he looks like he's doing the positive stuff, that'll, that might explain why he's been up in the polls because people are so fucking stupid. Mm. And they just see headlines and go, ah, cool, man. Like, this guy's got it sorted. So I'm just going to go and meet my mates and I'm going to fucking skip about in the streets and stuff. I think if we take that to its natural conclusion, like, you know, it's only going to be a few weeks before the step that Boris Johnson's out in the street screaming she's turned away and's against us because <laughs> you know, the death toll in England's going to go through the roof while we're all sitting at the other end of Hadrian's wall going, well, we, we did kind of tell you, you know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting, Matt, because, you know, we've, uh, I've felt this since 2013. Um, I mean, the, you're probably looking at five uh, five guys that are all of similar values, morals. Um and it would be interesting over the next three weeks to see if that silent majority that's fucked us over in every motherfucking election, more or less, and a referendum over the past few while comes to the fore and showcases that we're not as progressive a country or as, a, you know, S&P involved as we would like to think. You know, when we know there's a, we know there's a element out there that's already anti-SNP and uh, pro-union, mm-hmm. but... It'll be interesting Aye. to see how that exists over the next three weeks and if Scotland so, will. So I think the interesting one will be that if over the coming weeks numbers start to spike in England but they don't in Scotland, how guys like Jackson Carlaw and Richard Leonard react to barking about this four-nation policy for the last few weeks. So they've been saying that we should have been lockstep in line with England throughout this you know, easing of the measures. Now, we've decided against that, as is our right, but if there's a massive difference, where do these guys who have advocated for us to copy England go? Because they look like absolute clowns. Again. Like clowns for about four years. <laughs> 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 Even bigger clowns, I. 
fuck's sake, Willie, Willie Rennie's still in uh, you know, a position of power, and he's looked like a fanny for, about, as they say, six years. So they, they tend to not go anywhere. Um, no. I know that there's a couple of you guys are like big wrestling fans. Um, <laughs> how have you been? Uh, uh, there's a couple of topics I want to talk about. One of them is Drew McIntyre's accent, but what is the. How do you feel about the the behind closed doors? Like I watched a couple of bouts of the UFC this morning, um, and it, it's lost something for me. Like the, there's a bit of excitement when like the crowd like, screams, somebody gets like knocked out, and, and that's gone. But there's another sort of added element where you can hear them speak to each other. You can hear them pretty much fucking breathe and sweat. It's it's quite it's like a different sort of dynamic. But is that translated in wrestling with it being less about? the encounter and a wee bit more about the entertainment. Do you know what I mean? You probably watch more than me, Danny. Uh, I, I, I watched WrestleMania because I wanted to see Drew's big moment, um, even though it was overshadowed by the fact that no one was there and some dodgy editing. But I've, I've switched off. For me, you need that crowd interaction, the energy that they bring. Mm-hmm. Or else it, you know, and you don't want to peek too much behind the curtain, you know, um, with people talking to each other than them over-elaborating their noises, especially in the women's wrestling, which is really strong right now. You know, brilliant, brilliant matches potential there and storylines. But they over-exaggerate the screaming too much to the point where it's overcompensating for the lack of crowd. I just switched off. I, I know that there's nothing decent uh, other than, and Danny can go into it a wee bit more, other than when they can get creative and pre-record a segment that's um, like a mini TV show. It's brilliant. Um, but there's there's a couple of promotions that are doing some cool things. Over do you think they? Do you think they're like they are hamming it up more, or they're just doing what they normally do, what they know, what they've kind of trained in, and yeah. there's no crowd, so all of a sudden, like they're oh, doing like, what they're trained in. Aye, because WWE, because they train them from to the WWE style, which is to like ham it up to the cameras into the crowd. So they're they're so trained and disciplined into that that. There's been examples of matches where they've still instinctively went to turn to pose to the crowd or to do something because it's just indoctrinated <laughs> into them. And they go, eh, oh, wait, there's no cunt there. Aye, because they'll be working on their pure, they'll be working on their poses and all their signature. Aye, yeah, you know it's I mean, trained. Like? It's like part of the training for them. So I, I've not watched much WWE. I enjoyed WrestleMania, but I, James touched upon like the pre-recorded stuff was a highlight of it but there's another promotion called All Elite Wrestling that started last year and they're, they're kind of like trying to become sort of like your modern day WCW that are going to like take right. on the big bad company and they they run their live shows or their shows but they put like other wrestlers in the crowd so you'll have like the good guys at the faces and the heels on opposite ends so they're still adding something and that works really well, and it makes it dead entertaining. Plus, they're just kind of going no fucks given, batshit mental with it, and it just makes it quite entertaining. But it needs a crowd, absolutely. There's like huge moments that just need a crowd. It's as simple as that. Aye, there's, no need, there's no need for it to be on just now as well. There's absolutely no need for them yeah. to have to put their fucking health at risk to provide entertainment. Like that guy's a billionaire. He followed staff followed staff and he was just about to post like figures record figures of a billion profit or whatever it was mm-hmm. um, and yep. he could take he could take a few weeks off give his staff you know the time they need to recuperate and be healthy but no he's decided to keep them going yeah and essentially it's fucking stupid man comes down to that it's like it's americans and capitalism isn't it like vince mcmahon laid off a load of staff 
even though they were still forecast to make hundreds of millions of dollars of profit, regardless mm-hmm. as to whether it ran or not. The other promotion is still run by a billionaire and they're at the mercy of TV contracts. That's the reason that they're putting folks' health at risk, still running live shows. That's Whereas so. in Japan, like the big, it's obviously J- Japan wrestling's fucking huge. So their big promotion have stopped, but everyone's on full pay, everyone's getting looked after. And it's just a case of cool, like that's it. Like when once we're back, we're back. And it's like the difference between fucking I don't know, companies that look after their staff and capitalism. That's it, mate. Uh, these, I mean, these franchises are going to make money again when things go back to normal. Like WWE are going to go straight back to printing money the minute this is over, you know what I mean? Like, so there's no incentive not to look after their people. Aye, Did for you, sure, man. Uh, Dana, Dana White is fucking higher than Ireland because he's protecting his ESPN contract. I mean, that that's the length that that guy's went to. I mean, he's he's talking about like it's for the fans and is it fuck? Like the guy's got a minimum that he needs to hit before the end of the year, and if he doesn't hit it, he's billion. Was it worth eight to ten billion dollars or something to him? Is gone. His contract is literally gone. So, Danny, you're like you're spot on, man. Like, I mean, Vince McMahon's own fucking Trump's task force for fuck's sake. About how to get the economy rolling again? No shit, really. Did you, Dana White. Uh, did you see? Have you seen the clip? <laughs> I think, by the sounds of it, you've seen that clip, Paul. But oh. Matt, you should fish it out. There's like before Donald Trump get told to stop doing the daily press conferences because it was fucking making them look like the absolute Aye. clown that he is. So he was reading off a list of like sporting task forces and all that. And he rhymed off Vince McMahon's name and was like, great guy, Vince McMahon. And you're like, mate, there's a fucking pandemic going on. Cuts uh, yeah. This isn't the Surprises time. This one it? time I was on the WWE and I got chokeslammed after, you know, the big show. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, it's like, focus for a minute. Like, Linda McMahon, not like his business secretary or something yeah, as well. Yeah. There, was a, there was a deal, and I, I don't know too much about the intricacies of it, so I'll paraphrase this somewhat. But they're allowed to run live shows again in Florida. Florida, and uh, the same day that the mayor deemed wrestling an essential business, so, they could, <laughs> so, so so that they could keep doing live shows. That's probably Lin- true in Florida, to be fair. Linda McMahon <laughs> and Vince McMahon made a. It might not be them, but like a business or something that they're part of. Just so happened to make a twenty million dollar donation to like the fucking re-elect Donald <laughs> Trump campaign in Florida on the very same day. Fancy that. This is, this is the funny thing about this situation is, is that what so, somebody was saying about you don't want to see James. You were saying you don't want to see behind the curtain too much. Seeing yeah. this Trump stuff with Vince McMahon and that deal that's getting done is literally like pulling the curtain back. The thing about this country is, is that, and we've spoke about this the last couple of weeks. Um, it's done with a nice accent and it's done with a fucking smile or with a stupid fucking haircut or a, a slogan to go along with. It but we don't really get to see that the same shit is happening in this country. Like The reason that Boris is desperate to get the lockdown like eased is so that his billionaire mates will stop fucking harping the ear off him every day about when are we getting back, when are we getting back. Let's get fuck all today with safety. Or This is literally about fucking capitalism and greed. Um, and people are going to fucking die because of it, man. It's insane. I find it like absolutely mind-blowing. But at least in America, we get to fucking see it. The quote was there. Like, what was it? Six weeks ago, the quote was there from Dominic Cummins saying, if some old people die, then so be it. Like, that quote was fucking there in the fucking quotation marks in a newspaper. And then he's on the fucking medical board. And that's there for all to see. And how does nobody fucking... What do you 
what are you meant to do? Like, we can't take to the streets because only fucking only fucking take to the streets right now. But it's there, and we see it. But we just why do we ignore it? Like, why do so many Danny, people choose would, to ignore that? Even if we could take to the streets, mate, we've been fucked up we've the arse by these guys for anyway. about six years, man. Yeah, what they do in France when they take to the streets and they actually riot and they they start fucking uh, revolution, so to speak, on many ones. You know, that's kind of what you need to do overthrow this government but none of us can be fucked like genuinely that's why we're all kind of hanging on to the hope that <laughs> Shane's just laughing will come. you know I, I would laugh I, as well one of the things I said to Shane a couple of weeks ago in our podcast was why the fuck did you move to the UK mate it's <laughs> 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 a fair question mate aye it's the allotments here there's not much allotments that <laughs> nah, fuck it. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, see, like when everything's rolling along nicely and it's coming into summer here and you can travel and you can do all the fun shit and it's, it's you know, like stuff that's exciting for me. You guys are probably like that shy. I love going up to like fucking old man pubs in the Highlands and just kind of getting pissed off some cunt that's playing a flute um, and shit like that. <laughs> and that's a cool thing to do that doesn't really happen as much in New Zealand. Like pub culture doesn't exist in New Zealand like if you go to the pub more than once a week you're a bit of an alcoholic whereas here it's like yes pub yeah why not fuck yeah um, but don't know see like when it's still going well I quite like it in Scotland um, people are nice weather's a bit shite but in summer it's cool but fucking yeah the other day when mum was fucking outside her house on a paddle board and dolphins are doing flips in front of her and she's taking photos I'm like fucking hell <laughs> You had like, seen a like, guy fall into a pond in Alexandra I'm Park. <laughs> <laughs> Getting like, chased out of a swan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's one of those times, it's, there's always going to be like, you know, you go, ah, oh, fuck, I, 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 I do intend eventually to go back to New Zealand. Um, it would be nice to go back now for a bit, but I don't know, you know, got a house here and stuff. I, I like it here. Um, it's just... It's cool that, like, yeah, fucking Prime Minister's the best lady in the world and she's a DJ and she's cool and she's fucking got a country out of, like, this mm. whole thing. And you're like, fuck, that's, that's really cool about New Zealand. But I guess when you're in New Zealand, it's just business as usual, so you don't get excited about shit like that. You, you kind of get to have fun and laugh at fucking Trump and Boris from the other side, but you still got your own problems. Like, they probably aren't as chuffed with how they're doing as you know, I am for them, or this side of the world goes, fuck, New Zealand's nailing it. Whereas they're kind of like, it is what it is, it's all due to perspective, you know, like, they've had a month off work and they're like, fuck, this sucks, you know. So, What's the politics like in New Zealand? Uh, Basically, you've got National and Labour, and um, Labour looks after the people, but costs the country heaps of money, and then National kind of fucks the people a wee bit but makes the country lots of money so they I kind felt, of I've heard that somewhere before <laughs> <laughs> I think like, I read that in the that Daily sounds, Mail Did we that know that? That? <laughs> uh, no that sounds familiar is that like a movie plot or something <laughs> <laughs> but that generally they kind of usually get a few I've always voted Labour um, but the people in my family that vote National and it's kind of quite funny it's like you wouldn't call someone a mad cunt if they vote for National um but it's it's less exaggerated there. It's kind of they you, you everyone generally thinks that you kind of if your your party gets fucking two terms in, 
and they fix a lot of shit that needs to be fixed, you kind of in the back of your mind go, ooh, our country's actually really broke. We need to kind of, you know what I mean? So it, it does make sense the way it's it done there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was a bit shit. Like I've always been a, a Labour voter and Labour had no one in fucking ages. And see Jacinda Ardern, she wasn't even the um, the leader of Labour until six weeks out from the election. Like, uh, Labour had a, just this old boy that was shite, and um, basically they were like, see that guy shite? Wait, guy? Bring Jacinda in, <laughs> and in six weeks she became the Prime Minister. Like, it was fucking mental. But she obviously she had to do the, a deal with the devil to, to, to get there. With, uh, there's a guy called Winston Peters who is the cuntiest. She's just a sleazy old man, and he's... He changes his politics every fucking election year, and he's he just old people love him because he brought in free bus travel for elderly people. So like he's got this mad vote, and he's just sleazy, and sometimes he's anti-immigration, and sometimes he's pro-immigration, and he's just. I swear to God, I felt this before. Like, where do you get? But yeah, no. so uh, it's we're all like I think now I'm fucking chuffed with you know just in the I've I've known her. Not knowing her well, but she used to be a DJ at a radio station, like proper, like on the decks and shit. Like she's right, a okay. cool person. Um, that's cool, man. It's cool that somebody like that seems relatable is in Charles Lee. I think that that's the one thing that I feel about Nicola Sturgeon is, is that she's kind of relatable. Like you were saying earlier on about like what the the difference between what's happening with the Tories in England and what she's saying is, is she's got an explanation as to why she does shit. So if she's going to do something she can explain why it's been done. Whereas it just, a lot of the time, I feel that the politics are Westminster. They can't tell you why, because if you were to be actually told the reason why they're doing something, you'd be like, fuck that and fuck you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because they're not human. They're just fucking pro... No, I'm not, that's not me saying like lizard people. Lizard not people. Like David Icke, <laughs> but, but they're just programmed. They're, like, they're fucking wrestlers I was talking about. They're just programmed fucking robots that are just... Yep drilled and trained to follow a script so this is your chance to sound human like we're in this fucking mental situation just sound like a human being like you're allowed to say look this is a bit scary and we don't know what's going on but mm-hmm. they still just go fucking uh, look fuck it that i can't can't even read out fucking numbers that pretty patel <laughs> can't even read fucking numbers matt hancock can't fucking speak english like just be human like just That's say it, mate. the one that triggers me is this See when you see them do the finger point when they're talking to you, and it's like, <laughs> fuck off, mate. Like, Michael doing? Gove is the worst for that, man. That was the pure school of Tony Blair. Yeah. That, and then yeah. that, like, and then it's just like, fuck off, man. Like you're saying, it's all pure rehearsed. It's ridiculous. I, 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 always, I always joke with people that, like, having worked in call centres, that call centres were the perfect place to train politicians because you actually spend so much of your time just deflecting what people say to you. You've got absolutely no interest in what anybody's <laughs> going to say to you. And the minute that person turns their back and hangs up the phone, you're calling them a cunt. You know what I mean? Like, so <laughs> there's like a lot of crossover. You know what I mean? Serious amount of crossover. So I was saying earlier on, we were going to touch on Drew McIntyre. Like me and Matt had a conversation where I basically told him the shittest version of Drew McIntyre's story ever on the podcast because I know absolutely fuck all about it <laughs> other than a BBC documentary I watched about Mark Dallas and then seen him win at Wrestlemania I was like fucking hell man like that dude the last time I watched that dude on a TV programme it was almost like he was coming back down to earth for like this big 
WWE chance that he kind of like squandered, I think I picked up, like almost, or it just didn't go his way. But um, it seems like a, an incredible story for a guy that had an opportunity early in his career, didn't work out, went back to the start and then worked his way back up. And then now he's at the top of his game again, man, in his 30s. It's like we were just blown away by the story. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's one of those ones I remember when that happened, which seems ages ago now, but it's only like, what, fucking six weeks? Start of April. And you, I was posting up tweets going, this is the most incredible comeback story uh, like in Scottish history kind of thing. And people were tweeting me going, ah, mate, it's fake, it's fake. And it's like, you don't know, understand the resonance of this moment for this guy as a person. And, and the, the graph behind it's real. Exactly. Um, I think he came, in, he came out of WWE what, in 2010-ish, Danny, as a chosen one. I don't know. I, I wasn't watching it at that point, but he was young. He would have been like late teens, very early 20s. Yeah, and he was the first ever ICW. It was uh, Dallas told us this story. ICW started around about 2009, and he ran a few shows. And then he, it was, it was all right. It was going okay, and then he kind of stopped it. Dallas stopped it, and then brought it back. But when he first ran it, Drew was his uh, world champion, or his uh, champion at the time. And then pretty quickly, um, Drew got tapped up by the WWE. And I'm no expert on Drew's story. This is just what I know. And he came in and he was portrayed as Vince McMahon's chosen one, a future world champion. And that in itself, you know, is a, a heavy burden, I'd imagine, to bear, um, especially mm-hmm. for a young 21-year-old guy. And he's come in and huge. I mean, a wrestler for Scotland getting a chance to go straight on to WWE. And he, he, I think he had a run with the Intercontinental Championship. But fuck knows. He'll, he'll be able to, uh, you know tell his own story or other people better informed than me will be able to tell it but for reasons um, things kind of didn't go his way and he ended up becoming what in the wrestling business is called a jobber uh, Just and he was in this wee stable that got fucking beat up by everybody uh, to put it in perspective Brock Lesnar when he came back battered him uh, and two other guys in a squash match you know um, fast forward <laughs> five years he's you know, he's the main event in WrestleMania with him, but that's where he was. I mean, two other guys that are pretty big, you know, pretty big, uh, muscly guys getting barred off this one beast. Um, and then I think, well, I'll pass over to you, Danny, because you were <laughs> at the show. He got released from WWE in 2014, I think it was, and then ended up at an ICW show pretty much a week later, didn't he, Danny? Uh, it was like his first appearance was at ICW, so it was in ABC, mm-hmm. and uh, it was he, he turned up at the end. The place so that was my first ever ICW show, and the place went fucking mental. And it was at that point he just started like traveling the world, just like grafting, just like fucking instead of going away and going jerk, I tried and I failed. Like I can make easy money, just kind of going around the independent circuit, cashing in as an ex-WWE guy. He just fucking grafted and. Went out to like America, Japan, Canada, fucking all over the place, wrestling for loads of different promotions and making himself better and fucking a big jack boy. And then, but it didn't take long. It was only a couple of years, two or three years that he was back in America with, with all the big. Yeah, well, he kind of he made himself the hottest fucking free agent in wrestling. Um, he went. He obviously took the ICW title and they they ran a. Sold well, more or less a sold out show at the SEC, and then the following year, six to eight thousand people at the SSE Hydro, which is fucking massive, phenomenal, wrestling company, uh, and huge, huge respect to Mark Dallas for that. 
but he was also at this time the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world was TNA at the time and he would he was in TNA and he became their world champion you know and he like, likes a sting cut angle fucking Jeff Hardy they've all been world champions in this promotion and he comes in and becomes their world champion then he goes to the he signs <coughs> back with WWE and within a couple of months he's there the developmental NXT brands champion you know um, and that's it he, he went he didn't go straight back to the main roster he went through the de- uh, developmental system again yeah. to show that this is the type of wrestler he is he refined his character so he was more edgy mm-hmm. and as soon as he was back in the main roster, he just grafted like fuck, humble man. He that's had it, humility man. as well. I think and that's what stands out for me is that you there'd be a lot of people that get, I mean, are at the top level. If he's been like a champion before in that business or in that like company like WWE, for him to go back and start at the bottom and graft his way through, I think that's what stood out the most for me is that that would be really humbling. Like how yeah. you don't really hear many people that do that. Do you know what I mean? Like on their own, and that guy's done it. By himself, I mean, maybe a group of people you could understand. They maybe like lift each other up, and they can yeah. get back to the top. But I think the thing that really stood out for me was just the fact that how humble this guy must be. Um, is it salty that he's a hun? Nah, I, <laughs> genuinely, man. I think um, I like I like having famous people representing both sides of the city when it comes to like that. You know, I like having famous celebrities repping because it. It throws the uh, it throws off football colours worldwide. I wouldn't like it if he came out and he started calling the rest of the SPFL bullies and all that. He's just a supporter. He's, he's he genuinely just comes in for the banner. He was having a good chat with Chris Sutton recently, and he keeps it all about the football. When someone changes and starts fucking talking politics or getting too involved in it, I'm I'm doesn't really bother me. But what you're saying there. I think that's that's a lesson in it, you know. Not too many people take a really fucking hard look at themselves and go, right, where am I going wrong? How can I better myself? And I think if you can take that as a mini lesson, a lot of things in life. I did that when I, I finished work there. I took a few weeks just to go, fuck, man, I'm I'm going to start hustling from the beginning again and try and work on a few things that I've let slip um, professionally. You know, I didn't obviously because it was lockdown, but I knew that I had that journey ahead of me. And now that I've got a job, I'm picking up on things that I, I know that I, I took for granted over the past couple of years and I want to get better at. So it's about adapting that to your own life. And if you're ever in that situation, just try to make yourself fucking better every single day kind of thing. Bye. Uh, just support Celtic if you can and do that. <laughs> <laughs> so his accent does. bonkers on it this week. Yeah, what? Sorry. Sorry, you were saying about his accent. Aye, he does sound like a Scottish guy trying to put on a Scottish accent. Aye, he's got a bit of Gerald Butler going on, isn't he, man? Aye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, Gerard Butler in the movies. Well. Aye, it's weird, man. It's a weird, weird thing. Less said about that. Let's not insult MD. But um, what were you saying there, Matt? Just when we were on, you know, Scottish football, just the last week or two have been absolutely bonkers. Um, I don't even, like, we, we kind of went to touch on it in one show and then bottled it because it's just, like, a pure bottomless black hole at the minute. Like, it's crazy watching some people, like, eat themselves, and as you say, talk about bullying and all the rest of it, but I think it's just descended into even more pantomime than the wrestling. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's just self-interest. I don't really know anything about it. Can you just give me a 30-second update on... The, the dramas that are happening. I'll try and get you the, the. I'll try and get from a neutral point of view. The, the season was suspended because of the virus. Teams can't 
finish the season. They tried to leave space to play games, which now looks like it's not going to happen. And they have to call an end to the season as it stands. Some clubs are unhappy because they might get relegated. Other clubs are unhappy because they might miss out on trophies. Um, they've all kind of banded together with Rangers kind of leading the charge and they've asked for you know, investigations about potential corruption and various other bits and bobs that all so far have kind of looked like a bit of a smokescreen for something else because there's no real actual evidence of anything meaningful that's been accused so far anyway. So it's all got a bit finger-pointy and shouty. That's a decent it's made, eh? it, 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 it's made that, like, I, I, you understand why people are getting agendas out of it. Like, you know, they're, I, I don't know, I'm guessing one of them, is this going to be, if Celtic wins it, is it nine in a row? Or is it ten in a row? or Nine. It's nine. Nine. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know how, I think, Rangers not been doing shit since Christmas anyway, but I don't know nor care. But uh, it's one of those years where you go, look, it's fucked. It is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. no yeah, one. Poor, poor like naive Celtic. fool. It's not like Celtic <laughs> like, boy, listen, you know what would be a better Celtic, way to end the season? Let's Celtic. just fucking create a mad disease. This will fuck over Rangers. Like, <laughs> a natural fucking epidemic. Like, fuck Are you going to fall for Morgan? Shane, just Shane, just thankful that you're alive. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've turned into the Clyde scoreboard phone in. <laughs> Shane, to put it in perspective, Celtic fans still talk about Rangers winning the league like during war years because, you know, there was uh, people in governed shipyards that got kept at home. Am I right in thinking that? We, we cast up so much that uh, a pandemic is not going to make us not <laughs> <laughs> cast this up, you know, or get into the minutiae of it all. Um, it's so, I think it's so like, crushingly tedious. It's so 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 tedious. Like as <clears throat> as a fan of a team who is fucking squandering mid table, it doesn't have a fucking care or interest in this. It's the 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 levels of self interest, and I get it from a hearts Partick Thistle and Stranraer perspective. Totally get it. And the one's going to go down. They're going to get relegated. Yeah. And to be fair to Rangers, they raise some fairly valid criticisms. But the problem is, is that they're Rangers and we all fucking hate them and they're fucking... <laughs> so it's, it's very it's very difficult to look at that. There is a bit of a rock and a hard place thing happening. I, and it's, I listened to uh, Sports Round yesterday and it's the first thing I've listened because I've avoided it all because I, I don't really care is the honest answer because there's like I've got more important things to worry about. Of course. Yeah. I listened to Sports Round yesterday and at the start of it they're reading they're trying to summarise what's happened in the last week and every country released a statement about every country that's where we're at but at the end of this summary the guy goes oh and by the way there's clubs that have said that if they don't start getting like, attendance money in come July they're fucked and you're going that seems like the biggest priority right now is yep. trying to save all these teams like surely now it's a point of let's stop and discuss kind of the future, like, let's accept that, but it's Scottish football, so it won't happen. Aye. It won't happen. And there was like, some, uh, there's some fucking ex Hearts chairman on the radio yesterday, and he's going, It's disgraceful the levels of self interest. Uh, Hearts should sue the league. And they went, Mate, but would that not mean that it would be months and months before the league could start again? And he's going, Aye, but 
fuck it. That's self-interest. How and dare it's... you prioritise your self-interest <laughs> over my self-interest? Aye. I think, see, for, like, a, a reasonable, I consider myself a reasonable Celtic fan sometimes, but coming from a reasonable Celtic fan's point of view, see if there is an opportunity for us to finish it and play it out. Let's fucking do it. Like, is, it on, is that even on the card? What the fuck happened there? No idea. Take it, everybody went at the same time then? Yeah. Magic 40 minute mark just get hit, possibly. Probably. I don't think that your computer agreed with you being a reasonable Celtic fan, mate. No, it didn't. It was like, you're a lying bastard, mate. Get that to fuck. <laughs> fucking talking shit. But anyway, like, if there's an opportunity for the games to get played out, like, let's fucking do it. Like, let's stop the fucking nonsense. Part of the, yep. part of the problem that with this whole thing is that there's came this media narrative that Celtic and Celtic fans want this to be handed to them, which is absolute fucking nonsense. I don't think I've heard Aye. anybody say that. Is it even possible? Is it even on the cards? No, we don't even know that because we're getting into this, well, it's either null and void or we hand people relegation or we, I mean, fucking the word in the heart statement yesterday, they were saying that they were being like dejected for the league. It's like, no, wait a minute. He's a fucking bottom of the league. Like, he's, he's won four games all season. Easier. He's spent... We've played he's 30. A, they've got the third highest budget in the league and they're bottom of the fucking league. Like, these are crocodile tears that he's are crying, like you're saying, and purely in self-interest. But like for the Rangers-Celtic sort of thing, let's fucking play it out. Like, let's go for it. And if that's not in the cards, then we need to all come to an agreement. We can't just sit on, well, we don't want that. Well, what do you want? We don't know, but we don't want that. We don't want it to get handed because that's unfair but we want our money for second place as well. It's just making it impossible for any sort of reasonable resolution to be found because, yeah. um, and it's such a sort of microcosm of like how we find everything right now. It's all just, we're all polarised from one side to the other and yeah. right, everything's just fallen into an absolute fucking shit show, man. It's gone crazy. And I so it's all this like arguing and all, the, all this like, I know, what you'd call, I guess, sideshow drama. Is it stopping or is it delaying a, a decision being made on what happens to, you know, because there are like clubs that are going to be fucked, you're saying, if, if they don't yep. get back into it by a certain time. Is this taking away from that or is that slowing that down potentially yeah. or are they just almost, like, fuck it? Almost no. definitely not. The league will probably get called this week, I suspect. And I think even like Germany are trying to get back up and running next week. But you're already seeing, so there's teams that are having to cancel yep. games because players are testing positive for the virus. So I think in the next two or three weeks, we'll see that it's just not feasible. Like it just it can't come back so soon. Well, it's not uh, really thinking about the fucking welfare of these players either. Like, yeah. I all right, mate, like, what if fucking just abandon everyone and stay in this push for the next two months? Because you uh, play. Like, German teams have been in full contact training for two weeks. So it's no a surprise that and I've seen the same story you're talking about where two guys showed up with symptoms and they had to basically quarantine like 24 guys and you're like, this is before a boss even kicked. Like, yeah. So, aye, I don't know how viable any of that is. Yeah, the thing is, at the end of this month, as UEFA have given some sort of deadline, so the chances are the Scottish leagues will get called this week. And you're probably looking at at least July before they even start training again. So it's, it's impossible to finish this season. Mm-hmm. And also, if, Sorry, if you get like if you get relegated, is that does that financially fuck you, or is that more of an ego thing? 
Is there a case to yes. just go, look, we won't relegate anyone this season? Sorry if you smashed it. Aye, so reconstruction was considered apparently, but again, they can't agree on shit, so it's kind of fell by the wayside because of oh, that's nonsense. So they, they can't find any meaningful way to work in their own self-interest, and it's a bit, it's all a bit farcical. I think, like Danny says, like unfortunately, right back at the start, the SPFL Neil Doncaster, like these guys are fucking absolutely terrible with their fucking job like first and foremost like Aye. there has been criticisms of these people leveraged at them that are absolutely like real and unfortunately it does seem to be falling on to like that sort of Celtic fans are now defending like Neil Doncaster like it's the guy's a fucking dick they're all fucking Tory bastards like get them out of fuck like the, the foul of Scottish football has been corrupt for so long that it's now just coming out against Rangers. Like so like if you go back to like the nineties where guys like Farry were in charge and Celtic couldn't get players signed because the SFA delayed on paperwork. The Daily Record and the Sun and the Scottish Sun and all these people, they had absolutely nothing to say about it. They couldn't give a fuck. But see now that it's impacting their pals, it's a big deal. It's getting exaggerated. Like I said, the narratives are getting changed into this is Celtic wanting to get handed a title and blah, blah, blah. And it's just Aye. all bullshit. It is literally all bullshit. Um, yeah. Rangers seem to be doing a sort of Trump route and like just try to scream conspiracy. Um, some of their statements in the last sort of four four weeks have been fucking hilarious. Absolutely. I mean, it's the banter years are like, they're taking a turn for the worst for them. And I didn't think it could get any fucking worse for them. It, but it's brilliant for them though because the psychology behind it is oh they're all against us so it'll rally yep. their fans from mentality yeah so their season ticket books will be fine as soon as it all resumes because it's us versus them we need to get behind our club you know um, whereas what's on the pitch is really really fucking lacking and no one is having that com- well they were starting to have that conversation as fans just to the tail end of what was potentially this season but right now, that's all forgotten about. Gerard's got like fucking two years more on this because everyone's forgetting how shite he was. That's if he wants it. Fuck's sake, man. I don't know, man. I think the cunt will be fucking running a mile, but good riddance to him. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about football returning behind closed doors? I mean, I don't. I, I'm not really. I'm not really getting excited by it. If I'm being honest. I don't think I'm excited by any sport behind closed doors for exactly the same reasons we were talking about with the UFC stuff, where, you know, the, the atmosphere is, is part of the experience, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe snooker. They're starting to do rugby um, <laughs> in, in New Zealand behind closed doors, and rugby has got a shy atmosphere anyway. So I love the game, but, like, the crowds are pretty boring and pretty tame, especially in New Zealand. We're all like, ooh, good, yes. Like that's as loud and as enthusiastic as we get. <laughs> but I, I'm just I'm hanging out for it. But like I imagine, you know, football players or football fans would be the same. Like, and I guess I, those the 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 clubs that are a bit fucked. If it is played behind closed doors, well, are they getting like the mad TV rights, or is that going to help them? You know their club survive, or is that not going to really have a ma- an impact on them? It's more on the bigger. Don't club. hear anybody talking about refunding season tickets. So nah. you've well, got Rangers, to Rangers have offered Rangers have offered a, a voucher um, at some point. I think it was for like twenty or thirty quid or something for the <clears> home games on them. But what Shane was talking about there, I think a good 
but a viable way to ensure the survival of these smaller teams is to get a camera set up and get then a subscription service or a game-by-game game service where you can pay for what is your ticket. Season tickets get it for free, but people can buy uh, and get money, you know, like get into the game and watch it. We shite quality for the lower ones, great quality for the higher ones. Yep. Um, and I think that's a way to ensure their survival. Well, what what yeah. Shane just said is the exact argument or conversation that should be happening in Scottish football right now. That's the stuff that should be getting discussed, not this fucking tedium of he said, she said, all that. It's a very, very fucking viable and valid thing. We're not going to be in a football stadium this year. It's it's as simple as that. So you can do you look at a subscription based thing like James has said because the Premiership clubs already have that, but it's for foreign fans. It's like if you're international subscribers. Yeah. So do you stick with your current deal? So Sky can show whatever they want to show, but the Saturday three o'clock stuff, I should be allowed in my flat in Glasgow to watch fucking Hibs at home to whoever mother on a Saturday afternoon because mm-hmm. I, I go home and away I go to every Hibs game and I'd quite happily sit and watch it in the house I'd, I'd, I'd give it a go I can't see me on a Saturday afternoon in fucking September going nah do you know what I'm not going to watch this Hibs game because I'm going to go for a walk instead there's there's nothing else to do so I'll probably still so, watch I mean- the Hibs game the protection of three o'clock kickoffs is exactly why you can't have these subscription services. So the Celtic TVs, the Liverpool mm-hmm. TVs, the Man United TVs are all there for foreign customers because UK law states you can't broadcast three o'clock kickoffs in the UK in case you impact attendances at the games. Now, mm-hmm. with those games no there and those attendances no there, it probably does make a level of sense to like maybe suspend that rule and say to clubs, look. You know, if you want to broadcast games out with your original TV deal, then wire in, set up an app, get people's usernames, take your fiver off them, show them the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'd it. love to see that. If it goes to a closed doors thing, I'd buy. And we'd pay for it. We'd happily pay like, for a digital seller, even your season ticket, because folk know mm-hmm. fine well that they're, they're not paying, expecting to go to games next season. They're paying to support their club. They're paying yep. to keep their club going. So if you yeah, make yep. part of that season ticket digital access to watch the games, Plus, you then do digital half-time draws and you can fucking buy extra shite for the shop. Fans will make sure that their clubs exist. And then when you go down to the lower levels, all right, fucking, I don't know, let's use Clyde as an example. Nobody's going to be paying for a subscription to watch Clyde. There's only going to be a handful of people. So surely then to any lower league club, especially if they've got terracing, could you maybe look at making it all ticket with access to 200 people? Because you could socially distance in Broadwood, absolutely no bother, a 200 people. What's your average crowd at a Clyde game? Three, 400 people? You, no. could spread, you could spread that around in Broadwood. These these clubs have such, especially this, at the end of this month, they'll have next to no players under contract. So if they're in a position where they can let a couple of hundred people in, whether it's the fucking Clifton Hill to watch Albion Rovers or fucking whatever, you could get enough people in and space them all out. But it then boils down to getting fans to behave and fucking stay yeah. with each other because it's human nature you score a last minute winner you're going to jump yeah. in the arms of the guy next to you so I think that'd be difficult though but I see if you're talking about the SPFL leading from the front and a more rounded approach you could have them deal with it all so it's a subscription based service for yeah. the full of Scottish football Aye, for the SPFL itself then they disseminate the money downwards that way they can look after and allocate funds to struggling clubs in the meantime then mm-hmm. that's not the responsibility of 
you know, you look at a Clyde, they're not going to be able to fucking get everything in place for what's going to happen. Then you can you can build an overall sponsor in it as well. You're the sponsor for virtual Scottish football all over, um, and you can uh, do that in each of the leagues, and then that way people can be financially <coughs> recompensed for it. I think if the broadcaster wants anyway. to be able to go with pay-per-view, you know what I mean? Like if you give them a viable pay-per-view option that they can roll out on a wide-scale basis, it's not just going to be football that goes for it. Like You would have your UFCs and whoever else out there that might be in a position to still do closed doors but don't have access to crowds in the same kind of manner. Like It's a model that would fit a lot of people's purposes. Amazon could do it, man. Like, and I, I know they're not a fucking best company in the world, but they've already started dipping their toes in with the Premiership stuff. They yeah. seem like a company that's ready built from a technology uh, technology standpoint. They mm-hmm. can roll that out. The technology's there for everyone. It's the same. It's a company called Sports Media in Scotland, with the exception of Rangers. Rangers is in house because fucking Rangers it has to be different for everyone, doesn't it? So. But they can't afford. They can't afford sports <laughs> media, mate. That's their fucking problem. They've got some guy with a fucking an iPhone in the fucking corner. Now, now, Is Paul, it? stop bullying them. I'm a reasonable Celtic fan. <laughs> I think, with the exception of Livingston and Ross County and Rangers, that's nine Scottish clubs. I think that are all signed up to this company already. So it's tailor made. It's there for them to, to to be hosting these games, and then you branch out into the lower leagues and. I don't know. I'd, I've always been a fan of the digital subscription for Scottish football, but I'd I'd love to see a proper SPFL-based digital subscription with the money spread between uh, yeah. the 42 teams. I'd watch a fucking League 2 roundup show quite happily. Give mm-hmm. me a half-hour, 45-minute League 2 highlight thing on a digital platform. I think the, I would need the terms and conditions to include no Chris Boyd or Chris Commons, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fine. I'm fucking sure. Aye, man, yeah. fuck's sake. Nay no, no fucking hair transplants. Um, the fucking the, the people at Sky, the executives at Sky and stuff, they just wouldn't let this happen. They, guys like Doncaster have got personal relationships and business relationships with the guys that negotiate these deals at Sky. And I think that one of the big hurdles is that it's so viable and it would be so financial, financially lucrative to the teams themselves that they would never turn back. There would be no going back for that. If somebody like a Celtic or a Rangers was to pull their worldwide revenue and be able to show the games live every every week, every no matter what the game is, you can click in, pay five pounds to watch it live. They'd make so much money that there'd be no turning back. Like that's why the likes of Barcelona and, and Real Madrid and Spain basically put their foot down and went, we want to negotiate our own deals because the leagues are so incompetent at negotiating these deals with us, which probably turns out to be their pals, that there, there can be this sort of like common sense approach to subscription-based services or pay-per-view services. If you want to watch it, you can pay to watch it. Um, they want to have it all sort of sewn up in either litigation with a sort of three o'clock kickoff or a contract that basically works like a fucking noose around clubs necks where you can't break this contract. I think probably one of the big issues right now they would love to do this, what we were talking about. But Sky will be like, don't you fucking dare break yeah. that TV contract or you're getting bent out of a barrel. Um, but that, this would be a great time for Scottish football or any sports organisation that doesn't like their current situation to go, let's try something fucking different. But yeah, instead, yeah. we're squabbling. Again, they're, squ- they're squabbling all the spoils. This is what they're, they're trying to get. They're trying to get their money. We need our prize money, like, and we're ending up in this fucking. What's going to be a summer-long argument? You can see it coming already. It's going to be like a fucking epic saga 
and it's going to end with fucking nothing getting done. Why don't Sky do this online subscription then? Like, you know what I mean? If, if they have the rights to most of it or whatever percentage of it, it seems like a thing that's like, all right, we'll pull your finger out and fucking make it. Yeah. Make it work. It's, it's Sky only care about two teams. That's, that's, yeah. Kills that dead. Basically, four games a season is all they really buy Scottish football for, mate. Really? Yeah. Fall Cup, Jack Morton. <laughs> See, all the, all, the, all the big silly money that like Sky pays for a broadcast deal or whatever, does that go to the Scottish football governing body or does that go to the clubs individually? It goes to the, it goes to the league and the league break it down. So Sky pay the league and then the league pay the money based on, I think, his final league positions. Everyone will get a certain amount and then the rest is broken down by where you finish in the league. Yeah. So, and to get a bit of context, Shane, the team that gets relegated for the Premier League into the Championship in England gets about 10 times the amount of money that Celtic get for winning the league in Scotland. So it's, yeah. it, it's a, a hugely unbalanced sort of thing is, is the, the, the football TV rights in the UK. It's pretty crazy. But um, I, I, would, I'm, I would genuinely like to see a bit of innovation. But unfortunately, we're going to get caught between the old way of doing things and the way that we want things to get done. And I think we'll just end up getting fucking nothing out of it. Do you know what I mean? It'll be, I don't know, who knows what way that's going to go. So yeah. what, what what types of things have you been watching? You've been doing a thing every week where we talk about what our latest fucking Netflix binge is all about and have you been watching the the thing about Michael Jordan? No. I've been watching Irish Teenagers Shagging me on BBC Three. <laughs> basically it started lot a, from a webcam <laughs> on an online uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they I got caught up in the normal people um for all that's been going on. It's uh, I've seen people talking about this, what is it? It's basically it's an adaptation of a book by an author called Sally Rooney, and it's a kind of a journey of two Irish teenagers into their early twenties um, from Sligo to Dublin, and their relationship unraveling, and just kind of the uh, problems and growth and family issues and confidence and mental health issues that they. So it's have. a comedy then. Aye, aye, so, but it's, do you know what? It's all. Uh, is, it, is it a TV adaptation or a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty much the only constant throughout this whole program is in every episode the, the shagging, the teenage shagging, going into early 20s shagging. So it's uh, it's good if you want to, you, want to, you know, uh, look at stuff Watch that you're making. Some young people shag. Uh, find out what the kids are doing eh? I think is uh, it's not even watching them shag it's just finding out what you're not doing and what you need to brush uh, up you, on in your own sexual performances yeah, maybe what you were once doing when you were younger kind of thing you know <laughs> and now you have to stretch eh? <laughs> now you have to go wait up before we bang I'm going to warm up and <laughs> do some yoga it's all right though. It's only it's half an hour episodes, twelve of them, and it's it's quite decent, man. It's, you you get into it. the actors are really really fucking good for. Um, the material that's there. I took one of Matt's recommendations and started watching Westworld, and nice. fuck me, man! Wow, unbelievable. Uh, so good, is that not one of the ones that got the longer it's went on, the more people have went? Yeah, well, I'm in season I, I still one. I so. quite like it. I think the first <laughs> and second seasons were brilliant. The, the third season is very different to the first two, but I still really enjoyed it. Uh, this, this is I'm fucking hopeless at watching new stuff on TV because. 
I'll start watching something and it annoys me when it gets shite. So I'll just wait until it finishes altogether. So I've never watched Game of Thrones now because everyone hated how it ended. So there's no point in watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> the ending's shite. And, and, uh, so it's a fair I watched, comment, mate. I watched the documentary thing this week. I've not finished it yet, but it's called McMillions. And see that McDonald's monopoly that you get over here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had to stop doing that in America because it was yep. like, all being used by like gangsters and stuff. And it was gangsters were claiming the prize and just giving it to their pals. So it's how the FBI unfurled all that. And that's been quite interesting. Makes me want McDonald's. McMillions, where do we find that? <laughs> well, I've got that VOD, I've got VOD on my fire right. stick. So it was an HBO documentary. So whatever fucking legal platform streams HBO documentaries. Right. Yeah. VOD I on your fire stick doesn't sound like fun, mate. I've got to be honest. It's, it's fucking <laughs> honestly... I don't know how much we can advocate piracy yeah. on podcasts, but... Oh, you can do what you want. Like, you can do what you like, mate. It's, uh, 30, fuck it. 30, £35 for a year subscription, <laughs> and it's fucking 3,000 TV series and 12,500 films. What's the guy's fucking... Twitter feed? Go give him a... I'll, 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 I'll put the Facebook link up. Yeah. Danny's, on, Danny's on commission. It's funny you should say that you, you give up on TV shows when you think ah, that it's turned shite. I'm trying to work my way through Marvel right now, like chronologically, including the TV right. shows. And um, I'm on a TV show called Agent Carter, and I fucking hate it, man. Oh, like, shit. Oh, I love her. Oh, oh, no, she's I like her. Aye, she's <laughs> aye. Sorry, I'm, I'm, aye, I went in with both feet the other night. But I'm three episodes from the end of season two, and I think it's only got two seasons, but I'm like, I'm going to fucking keep going, man, just in case there's a little Easter egg or nugget, mm. even though I hate it. Just so I can say that I've completed it, and that's right. the type of person I'm watching TV. Just going the whole way through because you're like, I need to do it. I've committed to Aye. this now. Became a pure slog with me. I did it with Star Wars, and I'm still now that the missus has got a Disney Plus subscription, working my way through the Clone Wars because I heard Darth Maul pops up in it. I'm in the middle <laughs> of playing the Star Wars game, and there's like episodes that tie in with the game, and I'm like, right, I'll get to it. And I fucking watched like four and a half seasons of this pish before I actually got to any of the storyline that ties in with the game or Darth Maul. And I'd actually sickened myself by that point that I got to the bit I wanted to be at watching and was like, nah, fuck this, man, I'm done. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what Danny's, Danny, you're just saving yourself all this fucking hassle, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all this pain and heartache. That's during like, this whole lockdown, I've just kind of gone into this weird state where I'm just trying to entertain the teenage version of myself. So, like, yeah, watch the Michael Jordan thing. I bought some Jordan shoes. Like, nice. before I actually bought the shoes before I watched the documentary, but I was like, fuck yes. Um, Do you wear the shoes while on... watching the documentary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Talking that's the only Jordan. reason for doing it in that order. <laughs> I liked the shoes before they went mainstream on that documentary. <laughs> well, yeah, like a week before. But, um, that, I mean, those shoes never haven't, you know, they've always been huge. But the, the big one I've been watching is, have you guys heard of Thrash's King of the Road? No. absolute like just dribble like it's honestly it's there's there's no like nice theme to it it's just like jackass with professional skateboarders going on road trips for like like the thrashers down this thing called king of the road where it's like a scavenger hunt skateboarding competition over two weeks and um i used to be like a sponsored skater i used to be decent and it's inspired me to go buy a skateboard i actually bought two um, and like start skateboarding at a shitty park down the road and like it's honestly it's so much fun to watch it's, it's mind numbing and my girlfriend fucking was like oh my god not this shit again um, 
and it was inspired me to go for my exercise, start skateboarding and injure myself because it's, nice. it's the most humbling thing when you were once good at something and in your brain you're still that good but you go and try and do it and you're just shite and old. What about you in um, So I'm in Deniston. There's one near um, Celtic Park and it's so rubbish. Like it's, it's literally the worst thing in the world, but it's, you know, smooth concrete and no one's there. Um, and it's just fun to kind of have a wee skateboard around. Like I say, the concrete's so fucking hard now though. Like I used to fall over. I used to go down like, you know, do tricks off like 12 sets of stairs, like about, you know, three or four meters high. Now I fucking fall from hitting a stone and I'm like on the ground, like contemplating life. I'm like, what's happening here? I've scraped my elbow. It's the worst thing to happen in this world is concrete getting harder. It used to just know, be, so, so, used to be so soft. Big Macs and chocolate bars are getting smaller and concrete's getting fucking harder. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, so I swear like, in New Zealand the concrete was all bouncy see and the, the subject of what mm-hmm. I was going to say, see on the subject of watching trash, like my missus is the fucking world champion at it. So she is like, I came in here the other night and she's sitting on her iPad. She's watching like B, basically B movies, like shit TV movies that I've never been seen or heard by anybody. And I kind of sat down and was like, what's this? And she's pure of this movie. And it's like the woman who, who plays one of the spies in S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, some did feel like one of the Transformers movies are the two <laughs> romantic interests. And the movie is about a young lassie who is, escaping a domestic abuse relationship, moving out to the country, falling in love with this guy. But she falls in love with this guy because this woman keeps recommending him to her. And it turns out at the end that the woman who's been chatting up the husband is actually the ghosties dead wife. Channel 5 classic. And getting chatted up by... The ghost of our new husband's dead wife. It was. Matt, you've just ruined the end of normal people like... for James. Fuck <laughs> oh man, fucking hell! Right, man, so I, think, I don't think you're the only one there sitting watching trash. You know what I mean? Uh, no, absolutely. My, my, my missus is obsessed with uh, a place in the sun on HGTV. <laughs> Literally, I've watched about a thousand episodes. Of is that the one where they've got the, the two flags and they like flip the two flags <laughs> and they hold it up? Is, they is look at the wings. That's masochism is its absolute worst right now, is being in lockdown watching fucking A Place in the Sun. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, you'll never get to go to a place like that again, and two, you'll never have enough money to buy a house in that place. Uh, <laughs> horrible, man. It's just fucked. It's just fucked. Anyway, guys, man, that's, that's fucking it. excellent, man. Like, I've really enjoyed doing the podcast. Is there anything else you want to talk about? What have you been watching? I just want to know, what's the name of the Fuck program God. that Catherine Zeta-Jones did in, like, the 70s? Does anyone oh, know what the summer, No, no, no. Go after the summer wine. Road Thrashers. <laughs> no, not that one. But it, it, it's, like, it's like what you guys were saying. It's like the summer bees. It's something like that, I think. Some tween IMDB is going to come to the watching here. shit. My fucking girlfriend watches that religiously. Like it's oh my the worst God. fucking thing. She is I, honestly I, like the more and more lockdown goes on, the more and more I realise I'm actually dating like a sixty-five-year-old man. And like, <laughs> she's like, I'm coming in the morning and I'm like boils a jug, and she's like, "Well, that's quite loud." 
she'll be turning up this horrible fucking program. Dad's Army, she can't go to bed without watching a Dad's Army. Like, it's like what, <laughs> what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Who the fuck am I dating? <laughs> was, was Mala out on the street doing a conga with our neighbours by any chance the other day? <laughs> it was the darling buds of me. The darling buds of me. Yeah. That's it, and it's honestly so fucking bad. But it's almost become part of my like routine now because I'll get up, she's watching that, and I'm like, "Fuck it, I need a coffee. I'll watch that for ten." That's that man. My missus watches Friends on like a loop. It's like a watch <laughs> the end of season whatever nine or ten, and then it goes back to the start of Friends, and then starts again. And so I'm the same man. I just get into it. I'm just like, okay, I like Friends now. Just sit and watch fucking Friends. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Just looking back and thinking about the haircuts are fucking tragic, man. Fuck's sake. But as far as what I've been watching, I've been watching fucking hunters of shit, man. Been binging all sorts, but West Wing definitely, man. Like recommend it. This, the first season, yeah. anyway. Like as Matt had said to us the other day, it's an amazing cross between sci-fi and western. So if you like either of the two of them, man, get fired in about it, man. It's a bit of a fucking. It's got a bit of Black Miller about it as well. So, aye, man, it's it's incredible. But um, nice. aye, man, I've had a I've had a blast, guys. Just sitting oh, talking man, Thanks for yeah, uh, giving us a wee shout, mate. It's just brilliant to catch up with you. It's good. Absolutely, I am. Yeah, nice. I'm allowed to talk about politics on this one. <laughs> back, back, back to no more politics, lads, in the future. Don't worry. Don't talk about fucking uh, politics. It's like fucking Christmas dinner at my fucking... Uh, just don't talk about the football. We got the football at our system as well. That's our rule. Yeah. Don't talk about yeah. football. So Aye. we're breaking a short period there. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm always talking about Scottish football. Eh? They can't shut me up. So I'm real chuffed <laughs> that we got to talk about those things. Well, Your specialist subject there. And your insight into New Zealand politics was riveting, mate. <laughs> 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 uh, cheers, guys. Aye, cheers, man. Catch you soon, guys. Uh, Catch you soon, folks. It grows below the upper line hole. You know you tried to hold you tightly by my side When all is crashing down You'll never reach the surface You live underground Sky fire comes around When the steel ring falls to the ground There is panic on the streets A blackened sea full of shuffling feet Sky fire can't you see You can try but you won't break me Who gets to roll the dice You'll never reach the surface You live underground Sky fire comes around When the steel ring falls
There is panic on the streets A blackened sea full of shuffling feet Sky fire, can't you see? You can try but you won't break me Try, but you won't break me. me. 